Uh, hey, uh, welcome to the Unified CXM Experience, and I am your host, Grad Khan, CXO or Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And today I have a very special guest, Yoli Chisholm. She is the CMO at Venn, which is a New York City-based software company. And uh, what they do is they secure SaaS apps and data for remote workers. So um, it's unfortunate, Yoli, that there aren't that many SaaS applications out there and there aren't that many remote workers yeah, these days. So everybody's really in tough, the office. Time at it's a tough, tough marketing for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So welcome to the show. And um, so I actually wouldn't mind hearing a little bit about Venn. So let's take a couple minutes to do that. And then I'll frame up the show just so we'll, we'll do that. And then what we want to do is this is part of our series on how to write a marketing plan. And so we've been talking about the zero moment of truth, first moment of truth, and second moment of truth. And just as a quick reminder to people who may or may not have heard all those episodes, the zero moment of truth is when you research a product online. The first moment of truth is when you make that decision to buy you know, in the aisle of the store. Obviously, in many cases, you're not in an actual store, but you're making that buying decision. And then the second moment of truth is when you use the product and have an impression of what the product does. And in particular, how that product performs versus what other people said about it and what the product said about itself. So the... Um, there needs to be a lack of uh, hypocrisy through that line. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today is Yoli and I are going to talk about the review sites that are particularly important in B2B software, but obviously review sites are a really big deal in B2C as well. So we'll talk about review sites uh, and how they apply to the zero moment of truth in that journey. But anyway, so... That's kind of where we're going. Uh, but first, tell me about Venn. And I know you've been keeping me up to date, but I feel like we haven't talked about it in a few months. So uh, yeah. how's it going and what's going on? And you know, what, what's the what's the, the scoop on Venn these days? Sure. So so Venn really takes, um, you know, is really trying to support organizations in this huge moment of truth that they've had most recently, um, accelerating a digitalization of um, the digital transformation of the, in the workplace and people working remotely and organizations having to think about how they secure their data and access to SaaS apps as, or, as employees work from home. And uh, so that's what Venn does is uh, we've invented some technology called Local Zone that creates a secure perimeter around work apps and work activity regardless of what device um, an organization has uh, enabled for their employees. So whether it's a managed device or whether it's a BYOD device and regardless of where, wherever they're working from. And we are an alternative to VDI. Uh, in that respect, uh, we enable the uh, employee to work with their apps locally, the way the apps are sort of natively, um, you know, that's the way they're used to working as opposed to having to drive employees to the cloud, um, you know, creating a really sort of less than optimal um, work experience. So, yeah. So I think you're, so in contrast to Citrix where the entire desktop is virtual Correct. and it can be a real lag and you click and sometimes it doesn't happen right away because it's back and forth. What you're saying is that you've got the performance of a locally, uh, installed application, Correct. but the security of everything secured in the cloud. Absolutely. As secure as, cool. as Citrix and Very the like. Neat. That's, that's awesome. Well, yeah. congratulations. It's been fun. That's great. Thank and you. you. 
You had a big launch back in the fall, I think, right? Well, we're we're still in private beta, uh, but you know, we're we did rebrand um, and launched under Ven. Uh, you know, we believe in the intersection of work and life, and as we're seeing, a lot of employees have. Oh, so the Venn diagram is really um, brings that to life, um, as most people are using one device. And there's a lot of personal activity that's happening on that same device as well as work device. And so we wow. just enable um, people to secure that work work side of the business ex- as without sort of infringing on the privacy of uh, the employee on their private activities. Wow, that's yeah. cool. I didn't know that was the origin of the name, but it's brilliant. Huh. Love that. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Let's go to marketing plans. So okay. you and I have written a lot of marketing plans. You know, how long have we known each other? Since two thousand four, maybe. Yeah, it's going 12, 13, 14 years. <laughs> um, yeah, more than fourteen years. Really? You know, now I've lost count. <laughs> <laughs> well, twenty-two minus four would be eighteen in my calendar. Wow, Brad. Right now, you're totally <laughs> aging us both. <laughs> We've almost worked together for long? a generation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were like we were only fifteen at the time. Two so, countries. Know, just, you know. Two countries. Yeah. Two companies. Mm-hmm. Four divisions. Yeah. So. <laughs> three companies. Um, three companies. Three companies. Yes. Oh yeah, three companies. Yeah. <laughs> Points, yeah. Microsoft, and Sprinkler. So. Yeah. yeah. Kind of two companies at Microsoft. We had two <laughs> almost two totally different experiences there. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. So uh, one thing that. Um, you educated me on, and it's been highly transformative for me as a marketer, is you you really kind of opened my eyes to how much of the journey starts with review sites. And you've been on the bizarre voice and review site bandwagon for a long, long, long time. And so we're talking in B2B about G2 Crowd, Trust Radius, Captera, you know, Gartner Peer Insights, and there's there's a bunch of others, uh, and they all tend to model their business on being amazing in SEO, so they always show up first in results, yeah, and then kind of convert from there. And then on review sites, you just imagine you know Walmart and Amazon and all the different review sites that are out there, and Yelp and all that kind of stuff. And so, what you what you did, I think part of my blind spot on this was so many years at Microsoft, um, we didn't need to care maybe i'm not saying this is the right approach right i'm I'm just i'm you know so but i just it there were so many levers to pull that that was not one i was thinking about or even maybe thought that i had any control over it might have been part of it too and i remember you did a, a video for me where you were showing what the journey was like for someone who's doing the research on a product category and where they're landing and where they're looking and what they're reading and, you know, we have a tendency to always imagine that people are, you know, going to our website and, you know, reading our website and then buying the product because our website's so amazing. Yeah. And in fact, the website really has almost got nothing to do with it. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about, I'd like to hear your sort of overall philosophy on this. And then let's just kind of dig in a little bit. And I think what I'd like to do is at the end of this sort of next 15 minutes or so, I'd like marketers who are listening in to sort of think, hey, this is how I'm going to change the way I'm approaching review sites. Because I would say most people are deeply underinvested on this motion and don't take it very seriously. So that's kind of like we're here to change some minds and get people get more excited about getting involved in this part of the buyer's journey. 
Yeah, I would think the the thing that the zero moment of truth sort of opened my eyes to was this notion that um, at the very highest level, what the way buyers behave on the consumer side, you know, as B2B marketers, we, for some reason, we assumed that their buying behavior completely changes because they're buying mm. business software. You wouldn't buy a camera, you wouldn't go to a restaurant, you wouldn't, you know, maybe even go to a movie without reading the reviews. You wouldn't hire a plumber without reading the reviews. That same person that's been tasked with finding a VDI solution or a social media management solution, that's the same person that has the same behavior. And at the same time, what was happening was buying, what Zero Moment of Truth pointed out was that buying behavior was changing because of the internet, mobile technology, etc., social media, etc. And how that impacted the B2B side of things was the same way. But what was also happening was um, we were transitioning to the cloud, subscription services and software that's become so much easier to buy. And there's this whole umbrella of the consumerization of B2B software. And so I love the way you're putting that. That's great. Yeah, I mean, people expect more and more to be able to buy software with the same um, ease as they do, to, you know, stuff in the in the on the consumer side. And so they're so much more informed. You know, HubSpot did a survey that showed that 77% of B2B purchasers, you know, do their own research before engaging salespeople. So even before they come to your website that you've been thinking is like number one on the, you know, is their first stop. In fact, it is not. So when I come to an organization, I always put myself in the mind of that person that's been tasked. You know, my CMO came to me and said, hey, we need to implement X. Okay, well, what is the first thing I'm going to do? Typically, it's the CMO doesn't say, or you know, whoever it is doesn't say, I want you to, imp- I want you to implement this brand. It's right. usually a category. You know, it's usually we need to do social media management, or we need to virtualize our desktop. Okay, so typically you're going to start with search. Because you're going to want to build that short list of vendors. And what we were finding was the review sites were being so, were getting so good at SEO, as you, as you mentioned earlier, that when you do those category searches, they're surfacing all the, the vendors that you are competing against. And so in that buyer's journey, A, you need to be showing up in, in search And then B, you need to be showing up on those review sites because as buyers search for that category, your short list of competitors are showing up. And so that was one of the, you know, the first sort of ahas is like, okay, as I think about the buyer's journey, it it definitely does not start with my website. My website is in the, is part of the journey, but it's actually the least trusted source Right, right. <laughs> right? The, the most... Tr- As it should be. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <It's> very biased. <laughs> we wrote it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I like to think about the review sites as sort of the digitization of word of mouth. Word of right. mouth has, like, since the time in memoriam, word of mouth is still the number one best <laughs> marketing channel, right? And so if, if, if review sites are the digitization of word of mouth, then you absolutely need to have a review site strategy. Because on these sites, this is where your existing customers are talking about your, have, have you know, reviewed and put a testimonial on your site. Um, the, other, the other factor that's impacting the importance, I believe, of review sites is that the, the buying cycle is actually shrinking. Because of, yeah, because of this consumerization, you know, and I come from enterprise software and we've always talked about the long buy, you know, the buyer, how long the buyer cycle is. Right, but what's right. happening is um, like um, G2 actually just did a survey that showed that 50% of buyers, software buyers are purchasing using credit cards. Wow. And, and like 50%, 50% yeah. enterprise? Yes. Wow. Like, and this is for technology $20,000 more or more. Wow. I was like, whoa, that's like, that's a big. So that huh. says to me that the buying cycle is going to be faster. And because of the way these SaaS companies, you think about folks like Slack, like Stripe, like, um, like HubSpot, like. you can you can buy that technology with a credit card. You can test it really fast, and if you don't like what you're seeing, you can swap it out really fast. Right. That means that um, this behavior is impacting every every aspect. But the reason why I bring it up as it relates to review sites is because the buying committee, right, is expanding there's more and more people who kind of have a say into right. how you buy this technology the review sites do a great job more and more of filtering the different factors that say um you know if you're a cmo and you're on the buying committee and you also have the cio or the cto the factors you're looking for, they're looking for are very different the cmo is looking like for you know is it going to solve my problem uh time to value etc the cto is probably going to be thinking about security and is does it integrate is it compatible with the review sites do a great job sometimes better than we do as the brand of surfacing the factors because they've asked your existing customers. They've asked buyers yeah. in that category space. So, um, you know, there was a, a, a mouthful there, but there's a few factors I think that are impacting the importance of review sites. That's um, awesome. That's a yeah. graduate level overview there. That was fantastic. Um, so can I ask a couple of specific questions? Sure. I want to, cause I, I'm, I would say constantly surprised at how quickly marketers ignore these channels. All right, so I want to dig into that for a second. Okay. So I think maybe a common objection or maybe a common mindset would be, well, I don't really control this. Nothing I can do about it. 
So they're going to do what they're going to do, and I'm, I hope it works out okay. But you know, not much I can help, right? So that's right. a little bit of the. It's like, yeah, that's all. I get that that's all going on, but I can control the ad I write, or I can control the search engine marketing that I'm doing, or I can control SEO on my website. That's why I, I'm going to spend my time on that, and like that thing over there, that review site thing. I'm just going to let that engine run on its own, and ideally, if I've got a good product. Which I, you know, I'm a marketer. I don't make the product, but if I've got a good product, that'll be okay. And if I don't have a good product, then I don't, not much I can do about it. So, talk a little bit to that sort of, uh, sort of, maybe mindset of helplessness yeah. on review sites. Okay, and then talk a little bit about why you would actually be spending money with G2 Crowd or Trust Radius, for example, and how you'd spend that money. Like why, you know, you, I think the people were shocked at the size of my line item. Um, based on you know sort of your recommendation when we started at Sprinkler and how much money we put into those. So talk a little bit about that and just get people thinking maybe a bit differently. They don't think of these as free. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, um, you know, search as the first stop and increasingly search in YouTube as, you know, the top search engines in the world. And then you think of review sites as the second stop because that's they've become so good at, at you know being the number one link as a search result, um, it behooves you to kind of figure out okay what's the full breadth of offerings that these review sites can can bring. Um, base minimum, just making sure you've got a full your profile is completed, and right. in terms of how you message and position against your competitors because regardless of whether you choose to claim your profile to use the sort of old school term remember the directories regardless people will be doing reviews and so you can you can decide to just let it languish there or you can kind of actively manage your profile um, remember the profile we inherited when we started speaking? it was it was scary <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it was describing. It was, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want to control the narrative, right? You want to. So you can control your profile. You can. You, you control can update, your yeah, pro okay, profile, right. and you can put in as like they have. Uh, they support all kinds of formats. You can have your white paper, uh, white papers up there. You can have your product, your data sheets, your full bomb can be up there. You can have videos integrated. Um, now. That's sort of like baseline. Um, the other things that they do really well is they can have a lead form there. So you can actually drive, um, you can do lead gen from your profile page. Um, what I think is interesting is some of them have become more sophisticated about surfacing buyer intent data and integrating that data, in, that it data into your CRM. So you can do a um, G2 in, and, and Salesforce integration where you're actually surfacing to the sales org um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be tagged as a sort of a marketing qualified lead, but it's certainly just lead data, like buy, and it's certainly more um, qualified than your random, you know, Dun and Bradstreet list. Um, this is saying people who are currently in the market for your category and are comparing you or have at least looked at your profile. 
that's a data point I think that is worthy of surfacing at least to yeah. your to your BDR organization. Right, right. Um, because what what like what likely happens is you know and you know as you build your omni-channel strategy, you'll notice that when you go to market with your advertising and you know other activities, your review site traffic also goes up. So it can also be a measure of of you know how you're doing with your 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 uh, driving brand awareness, etc. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I think I think increasingly these sites, um, if you are a sophisticated organization that knows what to do with buyer intent data, that's how you want it. That's one of those sources that you want to include in your arsenal. What else can you do with them? Um, what else? I mean, yeah. there's, a, I mean, there's a little bit of an art around getting reviews, right? hundred percent. So, um, so. I've got, got a cautionary tale there as well. So, change the names of the people that protect the innocent. But, but, but let's go, let's go into this one a little bit. Yeah. Like, this is like something people don't understand at all. The, so, the review sites themselves um, do enable you to. Um, Baby, basically, do campaigns to your existing uh, customer base and automate that whole process to actually acquire reviews. So you can choose the customers. So you yes, can make sure yes. happy customers are getting requests. Yeah, you don't want to just do your entire database. You want to work with your customer success team, surface your happy customers, right? Yeah, no, it's sprinkler. It's sprinkler. <laughs> All of our customers are happy, so we don't have this problem. But <laughs> I could imagine that there might be a company out there that might have some unhappy customers. You know, make sure you don't send it to them. Maybe it. you want to start with with customers that just renewed. You know, that's yeah, a great that's a great, yeah, that's a great, great idea segment. Right. You know, um, you know, customers that just became customers. They've just gone through a whole process of shortlisting you, demoing, piloting. You know, and finally making you know making uh, your decision and. And these platforms, the review sites, actually enable you to customize the survey. Um, and you, so you, they can also be a great data source. I'm trying to remember the, the piece of data that we got from, from one of them that was super sweet. It was around, um, you can ask them what technology were they previously using. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can get who they... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I remember we and we started to see a pattern of you right. know who we were getting customers from. Um, that yeah, that that's right. that's awesome. that can help I really. That. I remember that repute. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was great. They can help you acquire reviews from your existing customers, your favorite, your best customers, and they can also help you sort of do a mini survey as you're um, asking them to review on certain you know data points. So there can be some pitfalls with this approach. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to start? Sure, sure. You can can add in. Okay. (laughs) So I'd say that there's one pitfall, which is that one of the ways that they encourage survey responses, because they do want rich, detailed survey, is they'll offer, say, a $20 Starbucks card or something like that. And in a number of large organizations out there, um, employees are not allowed to take money for doing reviews. 
And so when these emails come flying in from whatever, one of these review sites, uh, offering employees a bunch of money to do reviews about a specific product. Yeah. Okay. Because it's not just go and do a review and if anything, it's like, hey, we'll see you sprinkler as an example. Sprinkler would like you to do a review and we'll give you a $20 Starbucks gift card um, to do a review on this, this site. That gets escalated really quickly to compliance and legal and uh, a bunch of other teams. Yes. And that gets us escalated really quickly to the AE on the account. Uh-huh. And, you know, at the best of times, AEs on any enterprise account at any company in the world, this has nothing to do with where we've worked. Like we've worked at Microsoft, we've worked at Sprinkler, we've worked at other places as well. It doesn't matter. It could be any company in the world. The last thing an AE wants to hear is, the customer being unhappy yeah. with something that marketing is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just, I mean, I, it's, I have to say it, it sounds obvious, but, and then of course the AE will then escalate that to their, you know, and then next thing you know, your CRO is screaming. Yes. You, yes. Uh, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Right. Uh, so I would say one sort of key learning is when you do do these campaigns, you do need to be thoughtful about maybe which companies should be completely excluded yes. or not get the offer. Uh, and you need to cooperate and engage with your sellers in advance so they know that it's coming and they can kind of prep the ground. For example, seller could say, hey, I'm, I'm so proud of the renewal. Um, as you know, we got a, we have got hundreds, I guess in the case of Sprinkler, thousands of fantastic reviews on Trust Radius and G2 Crowd. I know you actually use those to make some of your decisions, so that's awesome. Um, would you mind doing that? And yeah. Like, yeah, no problem. And say, okay, well, you'll probably get an email from Trust Radius in the next few days. Would love if you could fill it out. That is a much better way of doing it versus marketing kind of like automatically on its own. Yeah. Blasting these things in and salespeople being surprised by it. That was that was a big learning um, that I may have had. Uh, and so, uh, so the other thing I think is this whole thing about paying people and yeah. get super salty about that, right? That, that's like puts people. I'm not, really I'm not a huge fan of them. I usually, you know, using sort of the Amazon gift card or whatever has been just, it's, it's kind of like a lazy marketer's tactic, uh, my, yeah. myself included, because it's so easy to sort of execute. But I think about um, incentives. What has what has worked well? If you think about the folks folks like uh, Dropbox, when you think about like referral marketing and getting testimonials, asking a customer to do anything, usually if the incentive is something to do with the product, you know, or like maybe it's you'll get. Oh yeah, more of the yeah. Right. Or early access. Super hard to execute, but yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, it's much better. It's much better. And that's a, that's a great comment. Yeah. And failing that it's then, you know, working with customer, customer success to like segment the, the database and look for folks that just renewed or just purchased or super happy, you know, folks that we would put on a panel or, you know, invite to our events to speak. Like there's, we know who the happy customers are. So what else can you do with these types of sites? Well, I think, I think really, you know, it, it, it does improve your SEO um, ranking, the better you're like, the more thoughtful you are about the, your profile on these sites um, and what content you have on these sites. 
Um, I think, I think you've just got to embrace, you got to figure out which ones you want to kind of do a deep, deep dive with, because there are, it's quite a crowded space. Um, You know, so there's the Kepteras, Trust Radius, Trust Pilot, uh, G2, Alternative 2, like there's a lot of them. Your insights. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I would, I would, um, I would prioritize, um, you know, one or two. And right. and kind of go deep w- with well, them. The other thing, the other thing is, I I noticed early on was that they didn't necessarily have us in all the correct categories. Yes. So we were sometimes not in a category we belonged in. Sometimes we'd be in categories that we shouldn't be in because we were never going to win there. So get out of there because that's. So you can actually choose which categories you're being placed into. And then you know be able to manage your reputation more yeah. overtly that way. And and maybe even uh, you know maybe you have a, a product that you're trying to drive more of. Like I th- if I recall correctly, in the case of Sprinkler, um, you were trying to drive more care, you know, right. versus you know what you traditionally gone to market with. And so you can sort of emphasize that category and focus on that category. Um, they also surface data um, by segment, like segments, so SMB, you know, small, medium, or or enterprise, um, and you can figure out which segment you want to focus on. Um, oh, smart! I like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, Yoli, uh, this has been awesome. I know you got a hard stop, so I want to uh, make sure that we make that happen. But this has been great. Thank and you. Hopefully, that people listening in will be like, "Boy, I'm really not thinking about this enough." And we'll sort of dig into it. And, um, you know, I would start personally with G2. That's kind of a good place to start. They're sort of the giant in the space. And I'd sort of fully explore your G2 opportunities and then move on probably to Trust Radius or Peer Insights and then go from there. Um, okay, so anything else you want to add before we, we wrap this? No, I think, I think just remember that a B2B buyer is a consumer. And That's so- a great the consumerization of b2b yeah that's a great phrase i love it well yoli thank you thanks for having as me as always so much uh for the unified cxm experience i'm grad Khan, cxo at sprinkler and uh, we'll see you next time